What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I'm your host, Chris Shepard, and I am here with my wonderful co-host. How's it going today, Emmy? It's going great, Chris. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it is a beautiful day in Texas where we are. The weather is nice. The sun is shining. Yeah. You yeah. want to know what I read this week, though, Chris? What? You you like video games, right? Yes. Or, I mean, you're are you a decent video gamer? I, I'm not very good, but I enjoy playing video okay. games. Well, I read Atari. Right? Okay. So what? Yeah. That came out in what late seventies, maybe. I'm old enough 80s? to know what an Atari okay. is. I yeah. know that. I was trying to think reference to my point because it's way before me. Yeah. Um, but Atari is planning on building video game themed hotels. What? Sometime. Yeah. I I think it's gonna start this year. They're gonna break it. I think the first one's supposed to be in Arizona. But how do you feel about that? Would well, you Would what you want to go? What does one? that even mean? I mean, I think their actual phrase was it's going to be a nostalgic and retro meets modern look. But there will be like video games there for you to play. They haven't decided like what games, but it's supposed to cater to gamers of all ages. So it's just a hotel with gaming options, I guess. I they haven't said much other than what the outside would really look like. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, Atari sucked, so I don't know that I. I feel like it won't just be Atari games. I feel like it'll be like a all kinds of video games. Like as long as Atari ones. comes into the 21st century, then I think it could be kind of cool. And my wife yeah. would hate it because I would just stay in our room and play video games the whole time. Well, the closest one I think will be in Austin, Texas. I don't know how soon, but look out for that. It could that's, be a place to stay. For that's fun. pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you like video games? Amy? I, I do. I haven't played probably since I was young and I only played when my brothers let me play. Uh, and the only game they let me play was the Star Wars Battlefront game. Nice. Otherwise I wasn't cool enough to I play feel, with them. So I feel like you it. have played Mario Kart before. Oh yes. Yeah. That's you're a mean it. Mario Kart. Anything Carter. like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to this day I will still play Mario still? Kart. Mm -hmm. Which uh, console you like we we yeah, yeah. we is what I play because it's the only game console I've ever owned. You get your whole personally. body into it. Oh yeah, like, stand yeah. up. Oh. Need all the room. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Very serious in my house. Yeah, so uh, I will not be going to the Atari Hotel um, if it's just a mean Mario Kart race. You might be surprised though. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like people would fight, and it would just that'd be bad. Maybe. Hopefully, it's a little more classy than that. You know, yeah. classy video gamers. Classy. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of classy <laughs> video gamers, um, actually, our our uh, guest today is Greg Mendoza. And Greg, uh, well, first, just say say hello to everybody. Hello. Yeah. See, I like how you did exactly what I <laughs> asked, and nothing more. It's just hello. How's it going? Greg, Greg Mendoza is the youth director at Brazos Fellowship Church, where Amy and I both work. And Greg and I have been friends um, for years. And I actually remember the very first time that I met you, Greg. Do you remember this? Yes. Uh, you that didn't sound not very confident, confident in that. At all. I don't remember like the exact time, but I think it was 2011. It was at night, November-ish. And uh, it was up here, I think. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, I don't remember the date. I just remember See, the uh, moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, November-ish yeah, sounds it great. Really was. <laughs> um, it was up here at the church. You came to a college small group we had going on at the time and brought mm -hmm. several of your friends. Uh, yeah. And I, the thing I specifically remember about that night is we had a foosball table and uh, Colton Coots, one of your friends yeah. at the time, and then Josh, yeah. I think. Uh, they, like, played... Uh, foosball that night and then they were like doing 
cartwheels and being crazy. <laughs> and, yeah, right. it sounds about right. Yeah. But I remember yeah. that first night very specifically when you walked in kind of with your crew. And your whole life changed. My, that's very true. My whole life did change. Wow, you think very highly of yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot that came from that night. It's true. And uh, introduced him to a lot of... Mm. interesting people that night <laughs> and that's what changed his life that is that is a fair statement yeah i feel like we we've had a lot of uh man we've had a lot of interaction and stories that have come since 2011 that was nine years ago and um it's it's pretty crazy to think about all just relationally for you and i and so i like it's cool because i know some of your story and and emmy came along in 2014 and yep quickly jumped into the gang. And so we, we've been friends for a long time, but when you think back to where you've been, what you've walked through, what are some moments, some situations that you kind of point to that you say, man, these are things that have shaped really who I am today and the person that I've become. I, uh, with what I do, I get to share my story a lot, you know, with, uh, being here in ministry and, um, meeting new leaders and things like that. And so I always like to tell them a little bit about, myself and where I came from and why I do the things that I do and what brought me here. And so one, I really love being able to come on and be able to share the story. So I would say the, one of the biggest things for me, as you both know, baseball was a real big part of my story. When you say baseball was a big part of your story, Mm -hmm. how old were you when you first started playing? Uh, First started playing when I was four. I started traveling when I was seven. You couldn't even like see above the dashboard yeah. of the car. You weren't even allowed to sit in the front seat yet and you were already playing travel ball? Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Uh, so it was a big part of my story. So started traveling at seven. At 10, started traveling across the country. You name the state, we probably went there and played. Uh, and so from age seven to 20, I think, it was nonstop playing. And so, yeah, it was a big part of my story. One of my uh, one of my dreams was always to go be a pitcher for the Yankees. I mean, I would feel like that's like any boy's dream, right? Is to go wear pinstripes. Yeah, no, uh, no. no, it's Boo all about the Yankees. Yankees. Boo Yankees. Nah, but so that's that, another podcast <laughs> <laughs> called Boo Yankees. Yeah, okay, I like it. <laughs> I might. We should start that. that. Like, Boo uh, Yankees. I don't know if yeah. I get on board. Then. No, no one would listen to it. I'd be out. Actually, yeah. a lot of people would probably listen to it because you either love the Yankees or you hate the Yankees. I don't feel like there's I mean, much indifference towards. The I Yankees. do think if you start a podcast called Boo Astros, then that would. <laughs> Get some traction. I'll hop on. There we yeah. go. That one's there we go. We'll go. Uh, with <laughs> and everyone just turned off the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we're done. Uh, but no, so baseball was just a big part of my story. And so traveling from the age of seven till 20, national championships, you know, practicing to all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into all of that. And uh, yeah, and so it was my life. That was what I wanted to do. It was one of those things where, you know, a lot of people say, oh, like I love playing baseball or I was good at baseball and that this is my dream to go play in the majors and stuff. And so I, I definitely get that people kind of like look at me when they say that like, oh, you're just another one of those guys or whatever. But when I say baseball was, was a big part of my story, like coming out of high school, I had the the scouts I had um, from colleges and professional scouts there. And so that's what brought me here to Texas a and where I went to college. And so I played the fall of my freshman year. And so I don't know if I mean, I know y'all are pretty big baseball fans. And so coming out of high school, I was throwing low 90s. So I don't know if I said that I was a pitcher. So I was throwing low 90s, which is pretty good coming out of high school. School was also a pretty big part of my life as well. I was uh, homeschooled 
Nice. I know Chris was a yeah a lifelong homeschooler. I'm a lifer, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a lifer. I'm no longer a lifer because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I You're would. Out. Yeah, I'm not out of yeah. there. I'm You're not yeah. homeschooled anymore. First of all, I'm done with school. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm. I guess I shouldn't say I'm a lifer. That was a terrible way to say that. But yes, K yeah. twelve. We'll go with K-12, that. K yeah. twelve. I was. Uh, so I was homeschooled up until high school. Um, I went to school literally just to play baseball. But with my parents, they were very big on school, and that was going to be important for us. And so whenever I came here to AM, I wanted to become an engineer. Really, there wasn't any drive out of that because I just knew that they made money. And so I was like, okay, I want to make money. I want to go to school and be an engineer. And so I did that. So I was engineering major, playing baseball, and then it all just went down the drain. And so I ended up getting cut. So I didn't make the spring team. And then I ended up that semester on academic probation. So I had a solid 1.76 GPA. That was great right so yeah that's not that's not very good i was terrible at baseball and i was terrible <laughs> oh, at school okay. the two like, things the, the yeah. two things that like i built my identity around literally just went down the drain and so that was a pretty pretty big moment in in my life pretty pretty dark you know i was i was raised in church but in in my mind it was a very much like black and white sort of thing and so here's a list of do's here's a list of don'ts you try and do more the good things and then the bad things, right? And hopefully that all kind of weighs out. And so if you do more good things, then God's going to be happy with you sort of thing. And so being here in college and especially being on the baseball team and stuff, you know, you have access to a lot of things. And so, you know, I stayed away from that kind of stuff. And so when baseball, my life was taken away from me and so was school, man, I got mad at God. I was like, I, I thought, I thought we had a deal. You know, I thought this is how it worked. I thought, you know, if I, was nice and I did good things, then you would bless me sort of thing. And that, that was my mentality. And so when I saw that God kind of took my dream away from me, man, I was like, God, what the heck are you doing? Like, I, here I am, like, I'm trying to be good. Like I've done all these good things, you know, I've been, been going to church. I've been doing this stuff. And then you're going to take my dream away from me, but then you're going to let all these other guys live out their dream. And man, I was, I was in a pretty dark place. And then it wasn't until that spring semester, my roommate at the time, he uh, he kept on inviting me to Breakaway, which is a, a ministry here um, at uh, A&M. And what they say is they're an on-campus Bible study, but really what that looks like, there's thousands <laughs> of students that show up. It's a bit know. of an understatement. One of the biggest yeah. Bible studies yeah. I've yes, ever been a part of. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, a, it's a big to-do. And so with my background when it comes to church or anything kind of faith-based, it was just very small going to a Bible study that has (laughs) 5,000 people there. You know, I I walked in there and I was just like, what is happening here? The worship they're playing, it was, it was just different. You know, like I wasn't used to that. I was used to like singing out of a hymnal sort of thing. And so I walked in, I was like, what is this? You know, and everybody's singing and lifting up their hands and like, Man, it was just weird to me, honestly, you know, but like something just kind of drew me in and I kept on wanting to go back. And so finally, uh, I, I, I kept going that semester. And then the following fall, it was at a breakaway. They had a guest speaker come in by the name of Louis Giglio. Everybody was losing their minds and I had no idea who this guy was yeah. but they were just going crazy you know like whatever do you I know stand do I clap yeah exactly <laughs> you know because like I've never done that I've never 
cheered for anyone after they <laughs> preached, you know, yeah, like it's right. not a thing, you know, um, but they were just going nuts for this guy. And I had no idea who he was, but I will forever remember what he said that night at Breakaway. He was talking about information versus inspiration. And he goes, you know, you can know scripture, you can know the Bible, you can know what Jesus says about things, but until you actually experience Jesus, you don't know anything. Hmm. And that hit me right between the eyes because like I said, like I, I was raised in church. Like we, we did the whole like Bible baseball stuff, the little like Bible trivia. What um, is Bible baseball? You never heard of that? No. I grew up in church, too. I've never heard of Bible baseball. Uh, So we, it was basically like a version of like a Bible trivia thing where you, uh, go up with another person and you go up to, to no, bat. No, I did this. And then, and then you get to say, okay, I want to go for a single or okay, a double, yes. triple, whatever. And that's what? the level yes. of <laughs> difficulty, like the, of the d- difficulty of the question. Wow. And so you, and I think the only way, so you can get a home run as well, yeah. but the only way to get that one, it's really hard and you can't use your Bible. I was awful at this game. Yeah. And so we would, we would play that. And so we would have our entire youth crew nice. you know, playing this and we'd set up chairs around the room and we would play. <laughs> you we would keep score. Deal. I feel like um, yeah. we have, you've been holding out on me as I long know. as I've known you. We could yeah, have played dude, this. I, I, might, I might actually bring this back. Yeah, you Bible know? baseball. Let's go. Yeah, yeah that's I don't a terrible know idea. That. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it you really grew is. up in church. Yeah, you so. were used to information, knowledge, mm-hmm. learning what the Bible said, yeah. these types of things. But then Louis Giglio. So for those of you who don't know who Louis Giglio is, he is uh, he and his wife Shelley started the Passion Movement, mm-hmm. which is the largest college faith based movement yeah. ever, yeah. Uh, probably, but definitely in our day and time. And so they do passion conferences. He also planted a church mm-hmm. in Atlanta called Passion City Church. And yeah. so Louis Giglio is an author. He's well-renowned. And so he comes in and he's talking about this difference between information and inspiration. Mm-hmm. It hits you between the eyes. Yeah. So what what happens? Yeah. And so he 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 said that, you know, that like he he built that the entire talk around that. All of a sudden he says that. It, it hit me. And I was there um, on the floor of Reed Arena. Um, and it was like, that's, that, 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 that's, that's me, you know? And I, you know, I, I know that I could probably find the verse faster than the guy next to me. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I knew scripture and I knew, I knew about Jesus, but then I was like, I, I don't know if I've ever actually experienced Jesus. And so it was the night or it was that night, you know, I, I was praying, uh, I guess at the end of uh breakaway, I was praying. I remember just feeling like God was saying, you, you thought you came here to, to play baseball. Like you thought you came to A&M to play baseball, but you really came here to find me. And man, like my life just completely went a different direction. Shortly after that, I, I found Brad's fellowship and it was literally a few weeks after that moment is whenever I showed up that night. And then, you know, I started getting plugged in here. I started uh, volunteering at breakaway, you know, that, that next semester, you know, I, and I just couldn't get enough because it was like, okay, like, I want to experience Jesus. And so while I was here, you know, we, we had our college uh, Bible study. I started coming to church here on Sundays, started serving. Next thing you know, it literally I'm trying to do anything I possibly can <laughs> here. So I'm greeting, I'm helping make coffee, I'm passing baskets around, like I literally anywhere they needed me. I was like, I, I just want to help, you know, and I, I just couldn't get enough of it. You mentioned a lot of different experiences and moments and kind of these realizations that happened. And I think so often when we walk through those moments, 
there's a lot of self-discovery obviously that happens and that we learn, but there are people that walk with us through those. You mentioned scouts and coaches. And so I know obviously that you have coaches that spoke into your life and helped uh, develop you into the man that you are, but who would you say are some of those relationships, those people that helped direct your path? You mentioned even your roommate was one of those people. Like if it hadn't been for that roommate asking you to go to breakaway, you may not be sitting here today, There's yeah. no, you know? And so I love that people come into those moments and help shape them. So who have been some of those people for you? Man, lots. Yeah. Lots, <laughs> you know, and I love being able to think back and knowing all the pieces that had to come together at the right time for me to be sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. And for me to have the opportunity of what I get to do every day. And so there's, there's been lots, you know, and so it, it, that's actually a really tough question to answer, but I, I will try. Uh, So a couple, so I I think probably the number one person would have to be my dad, you know, just obviously he's been here for me literally my entire life. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and stop you because I feel like Emmy needs to hear a story about your dad. Oh no. Like, you know, have you met? Greg's dad before? Once. Okay. One time I did. It's been a while. Very memorable. Like, incredible man. But I've heard some funny stories, uh, some crazy stories about your dad. (laughs) And I I, I want you to share, just if you were to encapsulate your dad, paint a picture for Emmy today (laughs) about your dad, just share one story that Uh, covers. Yeah, so the... The first one that just comes to mind, we were, I was, man, probably eight, nine, 10 years old, something like that. My entire family, we were in the car together and we decided to go to Taco Bell to get something to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went through the drive-thru and uh, we ordered and everything. And uh, we were just sitting there. My dad was driving. And uh, so we ordered and we go around to get our food for whatever reason. I've never seen this happen anywhere else. It was just like the opportunity was there. The worker decided to like, like she had our food and instead of just like waiting for us to get there, she just like sticks it out the window. And so, uh, so it's just literally just this bag of food hanging out the window and my dad sees it and he has probably a good 20 feet to the window. Oh my gosh. And he turns around and he's like, watch this, rolls his windows down. And like he already paid or whatever. And he just guns it, floors it through the drive-thru, <laughs> snatches the food out of the lady's hand. Oh, and she just starts gosh. screaming. <laughs> and then my dad just takes off. It was the funniest thing ever and something I will never forget. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen that happen ever again. Like nobody just saying like sticks food out the window. I think about it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Amy wants fan. to try that now. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, so Emmy that was that. so uh, that was like 18 years ago. I've been waiting for my moment to try that. <laughs> I, I really have. Like, I feel like almost, we need to stage this just so it can happen. I know because every time I go through the drive-through, you know, I'm really slow to go to the next window because I'm like, come on, stick it out, stick it out, stick it out. You know. Uh, maybe that's I'm the still, story everyone knows, so no one does it. It's like in their employee so. handbook. Do not do, do this. Do not do this. Greg Mendoza <laughs> will do. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, God. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah. your dad, a huge impact. He's been yeah. there. Uh, he's the OG. He's been there from, mm-hmm. the, from the very beginning. He since yeah. before you. Yeah, before yeah. me. Uh, I'm, I'm actually named after him. So uh, his name is also Greg Mendoza. Actually, Gregory Mendoza. Yeah. Um, if Pauline is listening, make sure we, it is Gregory Mendoza. Yes. I may have gotten in trouble before for not calling you Greg. Yeah, Gregory. no, no, for yeah. sure. Because so my mom, like, like so she, I go by Gregory in right. my family. He goes by Greg. There was one time she actually, and this was literally like two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I, I needed her to email me something. I gave her my my email address 
for if anybody wants to email me, it's just greg at bradsfellowship.com, right? I, I gave that to her. <laughs> I can see this conversation. And she me. goes, mm, I'm going to send it to Gregory at bradsfellowship.com <laughs> because Greg isn't your name. I was like, Mom, like, what? It's not going to get to me. Nowhere. I was like, I won't, I won't ever see it, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyways, my dad, though, um, like I said, like, man, he's just been that uh, that rock for me over, you know, over the years, even now. You know, like, I still call and FaceTime him multiple times a week sort of thing. But, you know, just that person that was constantly – pouring into me and planting those seeds over the years, especially now, you know, working with students now, you know, I get to see just how important it is to have that supportive father in your life. And, you know, there's so many times where whether it's a Sunday or after a camp, we do something like that. Like I will call him up and just tell him thank you because of all the conversations that I, I have with students that, are just dealing with stuff about their dads. And so my dad, for sure, like I, I That's awesome. promise you, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be anywhere close to here. And so that was a big one. And then another one, which y'all all know him, my best friend, Tyler Stillwell. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to high school together and he's still around. You know, I just had dinner with him last night. I actually just texted him this morning. He's uh, he's a nut, but man, he is a loyal nut. Yes, he is. <laughs> a very yeah. calm word to use. Uh, I feel like for- <laughs> It's like the chillest one he'll ever be given. Yeah. No, and, and he he's absolutely phenomenal though. Man, he is just giving me so much advice and wisdom. And man, I've cried in front of him. We've, you know, just so much life has happened. He he's been there a lot. You know, he's been giving me wisdom for a long time. Um, and hopefully vice versa. I don't know. We'll <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sure. And then the last one, I would definitely say you, Chris. You know, coming in as a you know, I was a sophomore, I guess, whenever we met. Yeah. You know, I still really didn't find that church home just yet. And and one, like you not only spoke into me over the years, but also you gave me a place to belong and you gave mm-hmm. me community, you know, and that was something that I stumbled upon. I didn't even know that I, I needed it. I didn't know that I needed to be looking for it, anything like that. I mean, you gave me some of my best friends. You, I tell people this a lot too. Like if, if it wasn't for you, I know I wouldn't be here as well. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I need to quit bringing people on this podcast that are just going to say that because it looks like I'm, it looks like I'm paying y'all to say that though. And that's, that's not the point. I just assume that's why you asked me to come on. (laughs) Well, no. It's the it's first not. thing okay. he says when he asks people. Yeah. Uh, are you so, going <laughs> to include me as one of the memorable name. people? Yeah. If not, you're not <laughs> welcome on the podcast. No. Well, so I I love you said right there at the end. You said, I didn't even know that I needed this until I experienced it. There have been two really specific moments that you've pointed to and two specific ideas of, of things that you grew in, things that you discovered. Um, the first was Louis Giglio's talk mm-hmm. where it was, you can know about Jesus, but until you've truly experienced him, you don't really know him. And then I didn't even know that I needed community and that that was what the main component that was missing until I experienced it. Unpack those or what are some other things that you have learned along the way that it have been these moments where it's just like, man, where where has this been my whole life? Like Mm -hmm. that have shaped you. So I guess first would be just when it comes to community. And that is such a vital part to someone's life, someone's uh, faith. You know, I, I think even even for people that aren't believers, that, that don't get on board with this whole Jesus thing, right, they still long t- to 
be a part of something. They still yeah. long to belong, right? Like there's just this something inside of them that says, hey, like you, you need to be a part of something else, you know? And I, I don't think that's by accident. You know, man, just when it comes to community, though, man, just being able to have people to do life with, to be able to have your back, to be able to catch you whenever you fall, whenever you are going through some hardships or whatever that looks like, like you need to be able to have people around you. And so my um, and I shared this already with my during my freshman year here, I didn't have community. I, I didn't have people around me. I didn't have um, somebody to help me through it. And man, that was, like I said, that was a really, really dark time. And I felt like I was doing it by myself. Mm. Yes. I, I could call my dad. Yes. I can call people, but you know, my, my people that I always had, like they weren't here anymore. And so yes, a phone call is helpful, but being able just to sit down and be with someone is, is pretty important, yeah. you know? And so, and, and that, that's just, that, that's, that's not even talking about, faith or anything like that. That's just having people to do life with is that important. But then, you know, whenever we do talk about faith, like, man, like I have been challenged so much by the community, the, the community that I have around me to be able to hold me accountable, to be able to ask questions, you know, like that, that that's been huge. And then, you know, I think going back to what I, I heard Louis say a breakaway, man, that was, I said, obviously that was a game changer for me because you can read scripture. You, You can, you can read through the entire Bible, right? Like you, you can know all of this stuff, but so what? You know, like what? Yeah. What does what does that actually mean? You know. But until you actually experience Jesus, until you actually put these things into practice and to step out into faith and be like, man, God, if 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 you don't come through, like this isn't going to turn out very well. You know. Um, like you need to put yourself in those types of situations in order to kind of grow and stuff. So. So one thing that I mean, I'm again love hearing stories. And so for me, something that stuck out was in, you know, back to the breakaway thing and how Louie, just how it takes one moment to really change someone's story. Um, and it goes along with things that we talk about and all the ministries we're a part of is doing it for the one. Mm-hmm. And for me, my eyes, I mean, just hearing us, we're like, you were the one, mm-hmm. there may have been more, that's but cool. he reached the one. Yeah, that's and awesome. that's just an awesome reminder in, in life. And when we're trying to lead and just be a part of things and being willing to take that risk of showing up because you could have easily been like, no, I don't want to, but um, that goes into breakaway and finding the one and you being willing. And so for me, that's just something already spoke to my heart through your story, which was incredible. So that's awesome. I love that. You mentioned several different things that have changed about you and and the things that you do and how you live your life. One of them was that you have made sure to surround yourself with people that challenge you speak into you that are going to call you out. Tyler Stillwell is somebody who who's not mm-hmm. going to let you, he's not going to let you be dumb for too long. Like if you're just mm-hmm. making stupid decisions, he's not going to let you sit in that and just be like, well, Greg, you brought this on yourself. Like he's going to yeah. speak into your life. And so what have been some of those other practices, those other disciplines in your life that it's like, I, I need this in order to be who I am and to become who I feel like God is growing me into. What are some of those other things in your life? Yeah, I would say something that I've learned over the last probably year, just as I grow in my faith, grow in my leadership, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, I think that one of the big things that I've learned though is is just rest, especially with my personality is like, I always want to be around people. Like I I hate uh, being by myself. Yeah, I like I've, Greg <laughs> always is just such a good friend. One, he's always inviting people for things, and he never says no. 
which is not a bad thing. But yeah, I've never seen Greg not do yeah. something or not be a part of something, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, why y'all are such but, good uh, friends because you and me don't ever say no either. That makes yeah. sense. But I, yeah, teach me, Greg. How do you do it? Yeah, um, so I'm still working on it. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. So you know, that's a conversation that me and my wife Brandy have to have a lot because she loves to rest and she needs to not be around people you know like she needs to be able to unwind and those things like that for me when i'm by myself like that just stresses me out and i'm like <laughs> i don't i don't like this this is terrible and so it might be like 10 o'clock at night and i'm texting someone be like hey like you want to go do something <laughs> but yeah and so like you know i've definitely had to uh just learn what it means to rest and I think part of my, like I said, part of my natural personality is just always wanting to be around people. But then also going back to like the baseball days where like I'm an extremely competitive person. And so like I want to be the best at everything. And that's that's probably another topic we can talk about. But <laughs> but so there's like that drive there. And so when it comes to, you know, I want to have the best ministry possible. I want to have the best leadership possible um you know and so there's that drive there of okay i want to make this the best i want to be the best and then i always want to be around people it's just like you're constantly going 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 and so like i've had to um be very intentional about whether it's once a week where it's like you know what like i am not gonna do a thing yeah like i'm gonna sit at home and not do anything like i'm not even gonna go outside and like work in the yard or anything like that like i'm just not going to do anything. Sometimes I'm successful with that. Uh, but I, I have noticed though, when I haven't had time to rest and, you know, recharge myself, man, it's just like the weeks just run together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, like yeah. I, I just need a, I just need a break. You know, like if I'm not intentional on, you know, so I, I like being outside. I like hiking and camping and that kind of stuff. And it's like, man, if I, if I don't get to those places, if I don't get to do those kind of things to just give me life, Man, like I, I, I have nothing to give during the week, yeah. and so I just get drained out pretty easily. Yeah, and so I think that's probably the biggest thing is just understanding that, man, I, I need rest. Like everybody needs rest. Yeah. Do you have someone that like keeps you accountable for that? Because I had to find someone, Taylor Carlson, who works here, mm-hmm. is like my mentor, and so yeah. every time like we share, I share my week with her, and I'm like this is what I have going. And the first thing she asked me is like, okay, what are you doing at the end of that? That's just for you. And mm-hmm. like not around anyone else. And that's I'm good. always like, oh, I haven't really planned a day to not <laughs> do anything. Um, so do you have, like, is that something you do or are you, do you have someone that keeps you accountable or challenges you in that aspect? Is that Brandy? Uh, yes, it's Brandy. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely yeah. is Brandy. That's good. Um, though. Yeah, for that's sure. Good. That's awesome. What, what else, what else would you say are some things that have, in this season are so important that you make sure you prioritize or that you're practicing in your life? Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I think this is uh, a given, but just like spending time in the word, you know, like that kind of goes back to the rest thing as well. You know, like I, I can tell, you know, when it's, it's been a while or, you know, whatever that, that looks like, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough whenever I'm not actually spending time with, with God, I'm not reading, I'm not, you know, you know, my, my prayer life has kind of gone dry, like whatever, man, it's just, it's, it's really, it's like an uphill battle, you know, because I think a lot of the times it's just, it helps you refocus Mm -hmm. and to realign what you're doing. And, 
Yeah. And so I, I know that that's kind of like, oh, well, read your Bible. Yeah. You know, read, make sure you go to church, read your Bible and pray. Well, you know, but um, I love that you said that, though, because you're you're full time staff at yeah. a church and you are dealing with middle school and high school mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And I think that sometimes there's this perception, well, you work at a church and so mm-hmm. like you get paid to pray or you get paid yeah. to read the Bible. And so I, man, I bet you just lock yourself away in your yeah. office for hours at a time and seek God. But you're a real person and you you have to fight those struggles just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you have to go through those seasons where it's not going to be easy. And so practically... What does that look like? Because it's easy to say, oh, I need to spend time in the word or I can tell in my prayer life. But what does that look like for you practically? Maybe something that helps you jumpstart that to get back in or to place priority on that. When you notice I've hit this moment, I'm in this season or this day where it's just like I can tell that I'm not where I need to be. What are some practical things you do to help you get back in that rhythm? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's always funny when when I tell people what I do, they're like, oh, so like, what does that actually look like? What do you what do, you do yeah. all day at your job? Uh, and the first thing I always say, oh, I well, I usually spend, you know, a couple hours praying and then I, I read through, you know, whatever. And they're like, really? I'm like, no, what? That's actually like, not. Other things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Probably should spend a couple yeah, hours yeah, praying. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and they're like, wait, really? You do that? No, no. But yeah, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're exactly right where, you know, like, yes, like we, all three of us work full time at, at a church and we're in ministry and, you know, it is highly encouraged. Like there's probably not any other places that you can work that your boss can walk by and you're just sitting there like reading, not mm-hmm. doing anything, but reading. And they're like, oh, like, good for you. You know, <laughs> like, like they, like they kind of so encourage yeah. you, you know, like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, you haven't had your quiet time today. Well, make sure you get that in. And it's like, well, it's like, I got things to do. It's like, well, they, they don't care, you know, yeah. like, and so this is probably the only child that you can have yeah. that's, yes, that's encouraged, sure. right? Yes. But, you know, it, it, it is a battle. It is a struggle because, you know, you kind of sometimes lie to yourself. It's like, oh, well, no, like I, I read lots of scripture today. Well, it's like, well, no, you're prepping for a message. Yeah. You know, like that, that's not the same thing. Yeah. But it's like, oh, well, no, like I was, you know, I read, you know, all the way through Matthew today. And it's like, well, no, were you actually reading through it or were you like preparing to be able to communicate something out of it? You know, those are two major. Yeah, different, very yeah, different you know? things. And so one of the things that I had to do, I guess we started about six months ago. Uh, I, I meet up with a group of guys each week and, you know, we hold each other accountable. We read through, you know, a chapter a week and we come prepared sharing what what we learn and things like that out of it. That That's been a huge help. You know, because it, it is really easy, especially if you don't have people and going back to the whole community thing, if you don't have people around you pushing you forward, and it's it's really tough. You know, whenever you're doing something by yourself and alone, that's a pretty good opportunity for the enemy to come after you and yeah. be able to kind of throw those lies in there. It's like, oh, well, like you can do it tomorrow. You yeah. know, you've had a long day. But whenever you have guys around you that if you show up and you didn't read it, they're going to sit down and be like, bro, like what, what's happening? Yeah. You yeah. know, like I thought we had a deal. You better get your stuff together. Right. Yeah. And like, and I, I, I need that, yeah. you know, and I think we all do like, you don't need people around you. That's not going to challenge you right? because then you need to get new people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, I think having those people is so important because a big reason of where I am is because of the people that saw something in me. I didn't see and challenged mm-hmm. me and kept me accountable. 
in it. Otherwise, I wouldn't probably not be here doing this podcast or doing so many things where I am today. So that's so important to find the community for you. And I love that. If you're listening to this and you didn't hear anything else this whole time, like seriously, I love that. You need to get new people. If you don't have those Mm -hmm. people in your life, you need to get new people. I think that sometimes that's really hard because we do get comfortable and we, we like to feel liked. We like to have people around us that, man, they like, oh, you're so awesome and everything's great. But when we go home, we know that that's not always true. Life is not always awesome and we're not always making wise decisions. And I love that, Greg, you said, if you don't have people in your life that are challenging you and that are calling you on your stuff, then you need to find new people. So, man, that's that's challenging to me. And I'm thankful that I have those people in my life, but I know there've been lots of seasons where I haven't had that. And so, man, that's, that's good. It, if you're being honest sitting here today, would you say that 10 year old Greg who is laughing hysterically at his dad snatching food out of the drive through <laughs> lady's hands would see yourself sitting here today. Is this, is this the direction you saw your life going? Definitely not. Uh, this wasn't on my radar whatsoever. Follow-up question. Yeah. Are you currently in your dream job? Ooh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was the one, another one of those, I guess, pivotal moments in my life was whenever I found out that this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because, whenever I found out that this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. So true. Uh, because, you know, like th- my, like I told you earlier, my, my dream was always to play baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't think about anything else. Like it was always baseball. Like I just, that's all I wanted to do mm-hmm. since I was a little kid. Like Literally, they, they say my, my very first words was actually baseball, like mm. not not ball. It was baseball, <laughs> you know, like what? Uh, and so like that, that was always my dream. That was always my goal. I didn't think about anything else, honestly. And so when baseball wasn't in the picture anymore, I was lost. I, I had no idea. I was just kind of like, well, like, I guess like, this sounds fun. You know, I guess I could do this or I could do that, you know, but it wasn't until we were in uh one of our college Bible studies that we were doing, we were doing this like video study and I have no, I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about how to find God's will for your life. The guy said, he goes, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is figure out what breaks your heart and go do something about it. That was the first time I ever heard that before. And I was like, man, like that, that's, that's really good. But then I was like, I I don't know what breaks my heart, you know? (laughs) And, and I, I started praying, you know, I was like, God, like, I want to say yes to you. I just don't know what I'm saying yes to yet. Break, break my heart for something. And it was recently after that, you know, I was, I was volunteering in uh, the youth ministry at the time. And I was a small group leader for middle school guys. And afterwards I got pulled aside by one of our eighth grade girls. And like, I I wasn't one of her leaders or anything like that. And she, um, she was like, Hey Greg, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like what, what, what's going on? You know, she goes, I just, I just want to tell you, thank you. I was like, what? Like, why? And so she started sharing her story a little bit more. And she, you know, started sharing about how dad was no longer in the picture um, and hasn't been in a really long time. Um, and that she doesn't have a lot of friends at, at, at school. She gets picked on and bullied a lot at school. And she goes, Greg, I just want to tell you, thank you for being my friend. My heart. Heartbreak. Know? Yeah. And then boom, instantly. Yep. And I was oh. like, oh, I found it, you know, and that, <laughs> and that's it, you know? And man, like instantly my, my heart just broke. Mm. 
you know, and, and I, at this point I was, you know, I think volunteering for about six months or something like that. I was doing it because they needed help. I never saw it as a passion. Like I, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I saw a need and I was like, okay, yeah, like I, I can do that, but it wasn't a passion whatsoever. And so it wasn't until that moment that it was like, God just opened my eyes to all the needs around me. And I started seeing just a sense of hopelessness in our, in all of our students, you know, and especially the guys that I was leading, you know? And so like for me, you know, I, I had great parents or I, mean, I have great parents and, you know, and growing up and they were very supportive and it was always when you go to college, it wasn't a, if you go to college sort of thing, it's just that they, they expected greatness always. And so like, that's, that's what I grew up with. Yeah. You know, like I, I remember my dad telling me all the time and, and, you know, I was 10 years old and I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I just wanted to play my Game Boy, but my dad was constantly just kind of planting these seeds. Mm -hmm. And I remember he kept telling me yeah, as a little kid, like God's going to use you for something great. Like you're going to do some big things. And he just kept on saying these things. And like, I just kind of like let it go in yeah. one ear and out the other, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, daddy. Right. But it, what's interesting is, you know, so I'm, 28 and till this day he still tells me these things right awesome. um he's still so like both my parents still tell me that they're yeah. proud of me and those things and so the number of times that i've heard students say why do i even bother because i'm just going to end up like my mom or i'm going to end up like my dad and and i started hearing those more and more and it just started breaking my heart and so i guess it's a little bit more about my story you know and so when kind of fast forward a little bit more and i graduated from a m and still had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew like I wanted to do youth ministry. So in my eyes, it was like, I'm going to be a volunteer. I'm just going to serve and be a small group leader. And I was going to be the best at that, you know, so all the games and concerts and whatever plays, you know, I, I wanted to be at, I wanted to show up. I wanted to support them. Yeah. I graduated and I ended up getting an internship with Healing Faith, with the which is a organization in Uganda um, and they do like malaria education prevention and so I went over there for the summer spent two or three months over there and it was a incredible experience I, I basically I had a part-time job at the time and I basically quit uh, <laughs> it, it was kind of weird because I, I talked to my boss I was like hey so I'm moving to Uganda for two months I know I like you can't just wait for me so I guess I'm quitting, you know? <laughs> uh, and so uh, I did that. And, man, I had no idea what I was going to do whenever I got back. Everybody kept asking, you know, Greg, what, what are you going to do? Like, you're graduated. It's time to be an adult. You know, you got to get a job. Gosh. And I know, right? So much pressure. Ugh, the worst. But I remember I kept telling them, I don't know, but God's going to provide something. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I I genuinely meant that. It wasn't just to get them off my back. And so <laughs> I, I kept saying that, you know, and so we were about a month in, still nothing. And I, we were down to like the last two weeks. Every time I would get home, I would get online, trying to find a job back here. So you're in um, Uganda. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Uganda. Getting back to yeah. the home where you're staying and yes. you're getting online looking for a job back here in the yes. States. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, God, like, got to do something, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, kind of freaking out at this point. So two weeks left, still nothing whenever I got, got back home. We, a couple of the interns and I, we were having just a life talk. Um, it was like two o'clock in the morning sort of thing. And, and they asked me, they're like, Greg, if you could do anything in the world, what would you want to do? What's, what's your dream job? I had no idea what it looked like to work for a church. I didn't even know that was a thing really. Yeah. You know, like, how do you got, like, how do you, how do you do that? You know? And so I, I just told him, you know, I, it was two o'clock in the morning. I go, well, you know, my, my dream job would to be the youth director at, at Brad's fellowship. 
you know, I, I love the church. I love the people, I love students. Like, sounds great. Sounds perfect. That's what I want to do. The very next day, I was supposed to have a FaceTime call with Chris. About five minutes before, he texts me and he goes, hey, man, like, I know we were supposed to meet today, but you're actually not going to be talking with me. You're going to be talking with Pastor Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, what a setup. I was freaking out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because at this point, so he's like our executive pastor, and I've only talked to him maybe twice at this point. I'm terrified. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking back. I'm fair. like, oh my gosh, did like I hit a kid or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I, I don't know what to expect. And, uh, and so he does this like five minutes before. And so like I'm getting everything uh, ready and I get on and uh, I talked to Chris for a little bit, yeah. I remember. And then next thing you know it, then he gives his phone to, to Sean. And so then he, you know, have this awkward small talk for a while and, you know, asking how it's going. And, and like I said, I, I've, this is the third time I've may have spoken to him. But finally he goes, you're probably wondering while I'm talking to you, huh? And I'm like, yes, a little bit. And he was <laughs> weird. And so then he kind of laid out the situation and he goes, is this something you would be interested in and taking over the youth ministry? And I, my mind was blown at this <laughs> point because like I said, literally the night before I just told the other interns that like, this is my dream job. So I was like, absolutely, of course. And so, so that was at like nine o'clock at night or something with the, the time change or whatever. And so the very next morning I get called into um, the directors of Healing Faith, uh, their office, they kind of give me this same kind of spiel and they offer me a full-time position to go work for them and start a youth ministry in Uganda. And I'm like, God, what in the world? <laughs> Within of like course. 12 hours, yeah. you just open these two major mm -hmm. doors. And I'm like, God, I've been praying for you to open a door, but not two doors. Yeah. Now I got to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, the dreaded decision. I know. Oh. I know. And so obviously praying through that a lot, this is what I, I decided. And so we are a little over five years in and it is still definitely my dream job. I've grown a lot for sure. I didn't really have a clue what I was doing at the beginning, but man, it's been a fun ride yeah. and it's definitely my dream job and still is. And so I get to, I still doesn't feel like work, honestly. Yeah. So I love that so much. And, and really it's the, the kind of the perfect ending to this conversation because as you are processing through and as you're growing in your faith and you, there's this whole new life that opens up to you at A&M and you're kind of discerning and discovering who it is that God's called you to be. And then there, this thought is planted, like find out what breaks your heart and then go do that. Right. And then the thing I love and that fits so well with just the idea of this podcast is that it was someone sharing their story mm -hmm. and opening up to you that broke your heart yeah. Yeah. for their situation. And that I, I love it because it's it's a lot easier for us to sit here today and like pull that thread and be able to see all of the moments and the people and the decisions that got us to where we are. But when we're in the middle of it, it's so hard to see what's going on and what's happening. But I just love that it was through someone sharing their story that you began to discover your story and what it was that God had been doing all along. Every coach, every scout, your parents, all of these people that had spoke into your life and that had helped direct you and you didn't even know what that looked like or where it was leading you led up to this defining moment where God said, 
this is what I have for you. This is what breaks your heart. And then obviously the story continued to unfold from there. And, and I, I just think that it's so beautiful for us to really discover that when we open our heart and we open ourselves up and share our story, that's where change happens. That's where meaningful connection happens. That's where whether you, and Greg, you said it earlier, whether you like buy into the whole Jesus thing or not, I think that it's just us choosing to share our story that brings about change, brings about meaningful Absolutely. relationship. Yeah. Man, I'm just so thankful for you, Greg. I mean, I'm going to brag on him for a minute, but he's one of my favorite people to just talk to. And I feel like most people feel like that. His door is always open. He's a good friend to have, but just watching you lead, like it is so obvious to see where your heart is and see how much you love the students. And I'm just thankful that like young men get to see you and have a role model like you. Cause I mean, for me, like even looking at my brothers, like there wasn't always that. And so just know that it is obvious to see that you love your students so much and that you lead well. And even your leaders that you push and challenge um, and constantly encourage them to be best is really inspiring to see. I yep. learn a lot from it. Ditto. I second it. It's funny. Earlier you said that I in some way had an impact on, on you. Um, and it's cool to sit here today and you're absolutely one of the first people I go to, mm -hmm. even though I had the opportunity to to have a leadership role in your life. I feel that reciprocated so much now in our relationship and, and there's a ton of history and foundation there, which, which helps, but you're absolutely one of the first people that I go to when I need to process through something. And we do look at things very differently. And so it is so helpful because you bring a perspective that I very often am lacking and yeah, it's just, it's just great. It's uh, neat to see how God stitches things together. So well, thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, thank you, Greg, for being with us today on the Story Worth Sharing podcast. Thank you, Emmy, for co-hosting like a boss. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are still listening at this point, man, we would love it if you would uh, subscribe to the podcast, whatever your favorite platform is, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, my personal favorite. I like Spotify. Uh, but where, however you're listening to this podcast, we'd love it if you would subscribe. And also just share. If you feel like anything that you heard today would be meaningful or beneficial to someone else, as Greg has been sharing his story, we would love it if you would share Greg's story. And as always, we hope that you recognize that you have a story worth sharing. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.